0: and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the Word of God.
1: Now, come on, everybody in
0: the house. Give the Lord praise, everybody in the house. Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah, God bless you. Remain standing with me for just a moment in the sanctuary, and everyone that has your Bible, you can turn with us to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter number 37. Hallelujah. And also the Acts of the Apostles. Chapter number 2. Ezekiel chapter 37. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 8. Ezekiel chapter 37. And verse 8. And once again, if you need prayer please call the church, 336-570-3664. They're on the prayer line right now, and God is hearing and answering our prayers. Ezekiel chapter 37, notice if you would, verse number 8. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy son of man and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come forth from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, and exceeding great army. Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 1. Acts chapter 2 verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Everybody lift your hands and say, Lord, where is the wind? God bless you. You can be seated. Lord, where is the wind? Where is the wind? For the last seven weeks, we have tried to seek, learn, and present concerning the Holy Spirit. The Lord challenged me to... Um, bring the church, church's attention to the Holy Spirit but he gave me a different perspective. He said you could teach all of this, you could preach all of this, you could share all of this but I need witnesses to talk about the Holy Spirit and so some people if you've been watching our Sunday evening gathering or our Wednesday night Bible study you've seen some people sharing we had the um, entire Perkins family share about the Holy Ghost. And, and, and what a blessing that um, Theron is filled with the Holy Ghost, Javonda's is filled with the Holy Ghost, their 14-year-old son Daniel is filled with the Holy Ghost, their 10- or 11-year-old son Xavier is filled with the Holy Ghost, and their little girl Michaela is filled, come on, give somebody praise, give God praise with the Holy Ghost. They testified and shared of the blessing of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We heard... Um, The cars talk about and we heard Margie share about the Holy Ghost being a teacher We've had others to share Deacon Rousen just did an outstanding job talking about the Holy Spirit as water Filling that area of need in our lives and all of this was designed so that we could give Careful attention to the operation of the Holy Spirit I think that one of the worst things that you can do is be a person that has the Holy Ghost but not know who they have. I I think that's a tragedy, to have God living inside of you and you not even have an awareness of the power that is inside of you. Because with that lack of awareness sometimes comes a lack of appreciation. And because we don't appreciate the Holy Spirit, sometimes he can move and we not even acknowledge him. Sometimes he can be in our midst and we can be very cavalier and casual about the fact that the Holy Ghost is in our midst. I wish you would just look at somebody and say, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Oh, hallelujah. And and here's the good news. Holy Ghost never shows up and does nothing. Hallelujah. When he shows up, he came to do something. He came to bless somebody. He came to free somebody. He came... To help and deliver somebody. And the church is always negatively impacted when the influence of the Holy Ghost is neglected. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is what drives the church. The Holy Spirit is the life of the church. And you can bring people together, but if there is no spirit, there's no life. Might be good activities, might be good singing, might be good um, idioms shared, it might be some good activities engaged in, but if the Holy Spirit is not in the church, then there is no life in the church. And if you would allow me to be so blunt, if the Holy Spirit is not in the church, without the Holy Spirit, the church is dead. Come on, somebody. And the church is dead. Because if he's not in you, then in essence, you're dead. No connection. No life. No insight. Without the Holy Spirit, the church is brain dead because who's talking to the church if the Holy Spirit is not talking to us? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. I hope you didn't come to hear Pastor Davis. I hope you didn't come for that. Hallelujah, because you might walk away disappointed. I hope you came to hear from the Holy Ghost. Because more than the voice of the preacher, I need the Spirit of God to speak to my life. I've got some issues, praise our God, that I can't, hallelujah, handle on my own. I've got some situations I can't fathom on my own. But thank God that the Holy Spirit is giving me insight. Without the Holy Spirit, the church is in respiratory failure. Church is paralyzed without the Holy Ghost. Church is senseless without the Holy Ghost. Because if God wanted to move, how could he move without his presence in us? If God wanted to say something, if God wanted to do something, how could he do it if his presence was not alive? Well, the text in Ezekiel is very familiar. Most of us have heard this. This is probably the most um, popular text of Ezekiel's prophecies. Ezekiel wrote an extensive book, but a great deal of attention is given to the story of Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. And and, and I want you to get a mental picture of this valley. The Bible says it was an open valley. The Bible says there were many bones in the valley, and the bones were very dry. In other words, these were not just dead people. These were people who were now in decomposition. The flesh was gone. The muscle was gone. The sinew was gone. And there was nothing left but bones. And the bones were dry. Come on, somebody. There's some people like that sitting in church. Come on, somebody. Muscle is gone. There's no activity because they're not able to move. Sinew is gone. Life is gone. And they are even in a state of decomposition. And in this very depressing, this open grave, this open cemetery, God asked Ezekiel a question, can these bones live? Oh God, look at your neighbor and say, can these bones live? It, 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 is it possible that somebody, something that is dead and lifeless that has lost all sense of vitality, that doesn't even have the mechanisms to live because bone is what's the last thing that's left. Oh God, after bone is nothing but dust. And so can somebody in that level of decomposition be able to live? Ezekiel looked at the bones and listened to the question that God asked him and said, Lord, thou knowest. In other words, you're the only one that knows if these bones can live. And then... The Lord tells Ezekiel to preach or prophesy to the bones. Now, the Lord has never asked me to preach to bones. But some days I feel like it. Come on, somebody. The way some people respond to the word, I said, Lord, I know what Ezekiel felt like. Preaching the dry bones. Folk that just don't look at you, they look through you. Come on, somebody. Look at their watch, what time he going to get done, when he going to get finished. He, he done said that before, he going to say it again. You know, and, and, but the Lord told Ezekiel, I want you to preach to bones, preach to dead people. And, 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 and this is definitely a, a, an allusion to the church that we need to stop worrying about what people look like when we preach to them. Because the word of God by itself has life. It doesn't matter what state they're in. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter how far they've drifted. It doesn't matter if they've never sat in a church. If they are alive, if they are a person, you ought to preach until the word does the job. Because the life is not in the rhetoric of Reginald Davis. The life is in the word of God. The grass withers, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Preach if they don't react to it. You know, the one thing that the pandemic has done is made us all preach better. Come on, somebody. Because when you, were, when you start preaching to a computer, you don't care if the computer says amen or not. Come on, somebody. Sometimes, praise our God, and, and, and if you
0: were always
1: used to the response of people to energize your preaching, then you got hurt. Come on, somebody. But if the word is alive. The Word by itself brings life. Oh, God. The Word by itself brings deliverance. The Word by itself without... I I know we're used to this kind of an atmosphere. We like the churchy atmosphere, and God knows I'm so glad to see y'all. I'm so glad to preach to somebody besides cushion and steel. It's such a blessing, and I thank God for it. But I thank God for the power that is in just the Word of God. That the Word... And those who are watching me, oh, God, by Facebook, the Word's going to come all the way through that... all the way through that computer, all the way through that phone, because the word's not limited by a microphone, and the word's not limited by an audience. The word is alive all by itself. Somebody throw your hands up and say, speak, Lord. The word has the capacity to effect change. So imagine being this prophet, preaching to dry bones. And in the middle of your sermon, the bones start moving. Come on here, somebody. Suddenly, there's shaking in the valley. And you find toes trying to find a foot. Come on, somebody. Foot trying to find an ankle. Ankle looking for a leg. Come on, somebody. Shin. Oh, God. the, The shin is looking for a knee to connect to. They just aren't looking for each other. They start connecting. Now I'm trying to figure out what's holding these bones together. Because we know, and I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a biologist, but I know it takes muscle to attach the bones. Come on, somebody. But somehow the bones found each other, and they came together just by the word of God. What are you saying, Pastor? God's going to use his word to affect change in your life. There are disconnections. There are things that aren't joined together. But if the word goes out, some stuff that's been separated is going to start coming back together in your life. Some things that have fallen apart are going to rejoin themselves and they're going to be joined by the power of the word. Bones start. Bones start coming together in the valley. Bones start moving together. Then right before Ezekiel's eyes, listen to me, suddenly the sinew starts coming around. The muscle starts joining and holding the bones together. And then suddenly skin starts appearing. Where did skin come from? But the word coming forth. Because you know what? All, All Ezekiel had was one message. Oh ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And I came to talk to somebody that feels like your joy died, your power died, your anointing died. If you had just hear the word, life is coming back to your existence. If you would just hear the word, transformation, change is coming into your life. The more he preached, the more stuff happened. The more he preached, the more noise the bones made. The more he preached, the more activity took place in the valley. And all the bones came together Send you flesh, but they were all still laying there dead. Because after the sinew everything happened, there was still no life. Now, I need you to get this. You can have church activity, but no life. Okay, somebody didn't catch that. You can have church activity. The church has been driven by activity. Come on, somebody. Usher board, Sunday school, missionary work, deacon work, preacher work, choir singing, but activity and life are two different things. And you can have activity, but there not be life. There was activity in the valley. All the bones got together. That was, had to be a spectacular thing to witness. But then Ezekiel said, there's no life. And that's the frustration of people in Christendom right now. Because we've given them activity, but we've stopped giving them life. And we stopped giving them life when we took them away from the altar. God, help me preach this. Oh, God, when we said just come on and join the church. Come on, somebody. We're just looking for members, and if you're looking to love God and know God, we love him too. So come on and join the church. But there was something about the church that said before you engage in activity, you got to stop by the altar because you just can't do things. You've got to have power, and you've got to have life, and you've got to have anointing to do those things. In the book of Acts chapter 6, the Bible says that the widows got upset because there was nobody um, providing distribution to the Greek widows. apostle said, we can't leave the word of God to serve tables. This was simply the distribution, listen to me, of the resources of the church. And he says, look out among you, seven men. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. You mean to take a widow, a plate of food, I need the Holy Ghost? Come on, somebody. And and some of y'all remember back in the old church, you couldn't pass a fan if you didn't have the Holy Ghost. You picked up that fan and the head fan pastor said, give me that fan back. You ain't got the Holy Ghost yet. And you couldn't pass a fan. And now you got folk trying to lay hands on people without the Holy Ghost. You got folk trying to prophesy. Who in the world is talking to you if you prophesied and you've never received the Holy Ghost? Who's singing through you if you've never received the Holy Ghost? I'm telling you, I'm not going to be here. But I want to see the Sunday after the rapture. When all the people that were working without the Holy Ghost show up at work and we're gone. Ooh, gosh, that's a sobering thought. Because somebody gonna put on their white suit. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Somebody gonna put on their white dress, somebody's gonna put on their clergy collar to go do what they've always done. But when the rapture comes, the church has been taken out. And saints, since I need to be ready to meet the Lord when he comes. Anybody here know you got the Holy Ghost and that makes you rapture ready. I wish you would open your mouth right now and just shout hallelujah. They had activity, but there was no life. All this activity, but no life. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, he said to Ezekiel, you need to speak to the wind. Now the wind comes from the same Hebrew word as breath. And breath comes from the same Hebrew root as spirit. So when we talk about The wind, we're talking about the breath of God, talking about the life of God. Very similar to when God made Adam in his own image, made this statue. And it's interesting that he didn't do this for anything else in creation. And the wind of God is not oxygen because the birds were already flying and the cattle was already on the earth by the time God made man on the sixth day. But after he made this statue, the Bible says God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That's the eternality and the spirit of the living God breathed into man. So that allowed man to become not just a person, but a living soul. That's what gives you your connection with God. The birds can worship him with their tweeting that wakes you up in the morning. But the birds don't have the breath of God in them. That's something God put in you so that you could touch him. But in order to have the true relationship with God, you have to have his spirit. You need him to breathe on you a second time. Come on, somebody. Before Jesus left the disciples... Bible says he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Oh, shatan But then he told them something. I, I, I'm, I'm getting to this because the problem with the church is the church needs the wind. Lord, where is the wind? The problem with the church is there's no wind. And in the absence of wind, people start using their flesh. Come on, somebody. In the absence of spirit, we start using flesh. And now we're in a day and age, if I can be very honest, where talent takes precedent over anointing. And because somebody has a giftedness to do something, we think they have an anointing to do something. Some people are just good at what they do because they've practiced what they do. Oh, hallelujah. There's something different about somebody that sings to you because they can, and somebody that sings to you under the anointing. Some people are good with rhetoric. They know how to put words together. They know how to express themselves verbally. But there's something different about the word that is preached through an anointed vessel because it's coming with life. It's not just coming with good ideas and idioms, but it's coming with life. And I need somebody to talk to me, to pray for me, to deal with me that just doesn't have skill, but they have the anointing. They have the spirit of God in their life. We have a church that is windless. We have a church that is lifeless, no breath. That's why we don't see true deliverance because there's no life. That's why there's a lack of breakthrough because there's no life. And I asked the Lord, How do I get the wind? To blow in the church and the Lord took me to Acts chapter 2 and said when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord they were in one place look around this room for just a second this might have been this might be one of our biggest crowds as we've come back from the pandemic and I'm excited about that because that means that we have the capacity to have a move of God right in our midst. If, if, if we can get over the fact that we are sitting in church. And if we can get over the fact that we haven't seen each other in a minute. And just say, Lord, I need your spirit to blow in the house. Oh, oh God, one accord means you have to give up your agenda. Oh, God, help me preach this. One accord means you have to give up why you came to church. One accord means you have to give up just showing up because you just thought it was the right thing to do. But I came to connect with my brother and my sister in this house. I came to put us all in the same mind in the same place. I came to put all of us in the same frame of mind and the same attitude. And I came, I I don't mean no harm, I'm glad to see you, but if you don't want to see the Lord blessed, this would be a good time for you to dismiss yourself. Oh God, if you really don't want to see the power of the Holy Ghost move in our midst we have the exits clearly marked and I'll see you next time and we'll take, take time with you but if you came to see the Holy Ghost do something, if you came to see the manifestation of the Spirit of God I need everybody to put all the negative stuff out of your head what went on last week and what went on yesterday and who got on my nerves before oh God I came to give God the glory. I was glad when they said unto me let us go in the house of the Lord. When prayer ended this morning I didn't go back to sleep. I got up and got dressed got my clothes together y'all ain't saying nothing. Got my stuff together because I was on my way to the house of God and I prayed on the way saying Lord meet us in the house. Somebody's coming that needs a miracle somebody's coming that needs deliverance. Somebody's coming that needs a breakthrough. And I didn't come for mess. I didn't come for confusion, but I came to give God the glory. And that's how you bring the church on one accord. Everybody opens their mouth and starts giving God the praise. I wish I had somebody in here. I know you got a mask on, but I need you to open your mouth and start giving God the glory. I need you to offer him the fruit of your lips, the sacrifice of your praise. You say, why, Bishop? Because the Lord's been good to me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I've had a hard time. I've had difficult days and lonely nights, but I still came to give God the glory. Somebody in here that came to bless him. Somebody in here that came to glorify him. Let me hear you say something. I don't care what you say, I don't care what you do, but everybody, I need the winners. I need the wind. I need the wind. Open your mouth until the wind starts blowing. Open your mouth till the glory starts flowing. Open your mouth till the praise comes out. Open your mouth until joy rings in your soul. Open your mouth until power is revealed. Get out of your flesh. Get out of your attitude. Get out of your depression. Get out of your stuff. And give God. Give God. Give God. I feel a breeze. I feel a breeze. I feel a breeze. Lord, where is the wind? Where is your power? Where is your glory? Where Where is the fire? Where is the water? Where is the deliverance? the wind in here. He's blowing. Come on, Stan. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm
0: done. We really hope that you what? were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336- 5703664 again that's 3365703664 you can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com again that's www.refugetemplenc.com That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you. And until next time, shalom, shalom.